Imagine with me that I told you there was a car waiting outside of your house or your apartment right now, waiting to take you to your favorite body of water in this country. You could choose whatever snacks and beverages to take with you, and you could choose whatever companions you wanted. Where would you go? Would it be a lake, a beach, a bay, a river, a waterfall? I imagine that as you are thinking about this place that you would want to go, that your shoulders might have relaxed a little bit, the corners of your mouth might have begun to turn upwards, and you are thinking, oh, I wish I could go there. We have these memories and these feelings that are attached to water. Some of them are, are really awesome, like running through a sprinkler as a child and squealing at the top of our lungs. Or maybe you remember waking up early when you were staying on a lake while the, the water was still glassy and then being able to get up for the first time on water skis. Or do you remember that time that you got to the beach late at night, but you still had to run down there just to dip your feet into the water? Some of us have memories of water that aren't as fun though. Like the first time that a wave crashed over you and your mouth and your nose and all of the surfaces had that salt water that burned. Or, or maybe it was the time that you were rafting and then you got thrown out of the raft and you thought you were going to drown. Or maybe it was that time that you had to jump into a pool and swim across it with all of your winter clothes and shoes on to graduate from swim school. One of my friends told me that she had to do that when she was three. So water is all around us, especially in Austin with these creeks and these lakes. The availability of water is something I think all of us take for granted. I imagine none of us thought twice about where the water would come from that we took a shower in or that we made our coffee with this morning. Water can be refreshing and cleansing. It's exciting. And maybe sometimes, though, it might be a little bit scary. And this is the thing. The image and theme of water run throughout our entire Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, water is a source of life and nourishment, but it also can be a source of fear. And so this summer, we are going to take a deep dive, pun intended, into how these images of water can offer us life as we journey in faith together. Water is the most important thing for our physical bodies. Most humans can survive three weeks without food, but only three days without water. Our bodies are literally made of water. Did you know that our skin is 64% water and our vital organs are over 70% water? The Journal of American Medicine, it says that an adequate intake of water is of primary importance for body fluid homeostasis in humans. So in everyday people's language, basically, if we want our bodies to function normally, not even at their best or their worst, but just normally, we need to make sure that we are drinking lots of water. So here's the thing. I am the worst about drinking water. 
I have tried all of the things that people tell me will help me drink more water. I got a really cool water bottle. I put lemon in it, put crystal light in it. I even would do this thing that if I drank eight glasses of water, I would prepare a reward for myself at the end of the day. Two times since March, I have been out on a walk and Charlie has had to come bring me water because I have been so weak with dehydration. My problem is that as I go about my day, I just don't get thirsty. I wonder if any of you all are like that. I know that's a super lame excuse. Experts tell you that when you get thirsty, you're actually already beginning to dehydrate. But I have to tell you all, this past week has left me so thirsty. Thirsty for justice. Thirsty for answers. Thirsty for something to give me guidance. After the murder of George Floyd, after hearing the cries of the black community, and honestly, having awkward, uncomfortable, and really difficult conversations with my family, with my black friends, and with our community of faith, I am left extremely thirsty. I'm so thirsty for guidance. I'm so thirsty for making sure I do the right thing, but I am thirsty for change and thirsty for our community to be at peace. In the fourth chapter of the Gospel of John, Jesus stops for a drink of water in an area called Samaria. And there's a woman that is approaching there with her jugs to fill up from this well. And he begins a conversation with her. He talks about how he needs a drink. And she says, are you thirsty? He begins to tell the Samaritan woman of a type of water. He calls it a, a living water. And she says, I want that water. I mean, if I don't ever have to come back here and, and fill up these jugs again, because you just told me that that water would never leave me thirsty. But that's not what he means by that. She doesn't understand. And then in the seventh chapter of John that Liam just read for us, Jesus speaks of this living water again. He's teaching in Jerusalem on the final day of the festival of Sukkot or the festival of booths. It's the third and final festival of the Jewish calendar. And the scripture says that he takes a stand and he stands up and he cries and he says, if anyone thirsts, let them come to me and drink. I want you to think with me for a moment, what happens when we are drinking something? We grab the cup or the bottle, we focus our hands on the cup that we are holding, we pull it to our mouth and many of us might close our eyes and then we have to stop talking. In order to drink, we have to stop talking. Consider Jesus' words to us in this time. Come to me, all you who are thirsty, and drink. We are thirsty for the wisdom 
and guidance of God. And Jesus is saying, come to me and drink of the living water that I have to offer to you. These words of Jesus are so challenging to us and to me in this tumultuous time to come to him, not with our agendas, but to come and just listen. How much time have I spent in the past week listening to news, reading, listening to podcasts? How much time have we spent coming before Jesus this past week, seeking out his wisdom in scripture, and just listening and drinking from the well of living water? When we come to Jesus to drink, the text tells us that rivers of living water will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes in me in this way. In first century Jerusalem, the festival that Jesus is preaching from in this very moment, it's Sukkot, it, it was a festival where all of the believers were praying for rain and a fruitful season. Everyone that would have listened to him that day had been gathered in the temple the final day, praying for water to come. Praying for water to come and, and fill their fields of wheat and barley, of olives and grapes, of pomegranates and figs. And yet in that moment, like Jesus does so often throughout scripture, and he does so brilliantly, is that he flips it on its head. And he offers to us, he says, this water, this is living water, and it is offered to all. It is beyond the body. It's beyond anything that is physical or tangible. The prophet Isaiah speaks of this living water in Isaiah 58. He says, the Lord will guide you continually and will satisfy your needs in a parched place and make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. I wonder, is this the type of water that we have thirsted for these weeks, for the Lord to continually guide us, for the Lord to satisfy our needs in parched places? Friends, I know we are thirsty, thirsty for guidance. What do we do in the midst of this racial injustice? Thirsty for wisdom, for what does it look like as a believer and a follower of Jesus in the midst of civil unrest? For today, friends, hear again our Savior's words. If anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink from the wells of living water. For today, friends, hear again our Savior's words. Come to me if you are thirsty and drink from the wells of living water. Living water, water that actually gives life, but not in the sense that biology or culture or society would see it. This isn't water that will quench a physical thirst. This isn't water that will refresh our bodies like on a hot Texas day, a pool or Barton Springs might. 
It's not water that just runs out of our faucets and, and cleans our hands and our dishes. Living water is something that only comes from Jesus. It's a free gift to all who follow him. This question that this scripture cries out to us is if Jesus says that rivers of living water will brim and spill out of the depths of the believer's life, what is brimming and spilling out of the depths of believers right now? What is brimming and spilling out of us right now? The murders of Ahmad Armory, George Floyd, and Michael Ramos have brimmed and they have spilled out a lot of things. And I know you have heard it and you have seen it. There has been confusion, rage, grief, frustration, panic, despair. And like my black friends have told me, they are brimming up and spilling over with exhaustion. I want you to know that in the person of Jesus, these emotions, these things, they brimmed and spilled out of him too. When he saw money changers in the temple, he got angry. He raged and he took those tables and he turned them over, but he did not hate or harm. When Jesus sees a huge crowd of people on a hillside that are hungry, he has compassion on them. He feeds them. He did not hate or harm. When Jesus is sitting at the Passover meal with his 12 disciples, and he knows sitting at the meal with him is Peter, who is going to deny him three times, and Judas, who is going to betray him. He still serves them the meal. He calls them out on their behavior, but he does not hate or harm. When Jesus is brought a woman who is caught in the very act of adultery before him, and he is told that they are going to stone this woman, Jesus, in peaceful protest, he leans down, draws something in the dirt, and then he says, whoever is without sin, throw the first stone. Jesus did not hate or harm. When Jesus sees Mary and Martha weep over the, their brother Lazarus' death, he weeps with them. He does not hate or harm. When Jesus sees a paralyzed man unable to get into a pool, he sees all the other people that could have or should have been willing to help him get into the pool, Jesus heals that man. He did not hate or harm. I used to think that when those certain emotions, they, they spilled out of me, that there was something wrong with me. That if I got angry at injustice, that maybe that was sinful. That, that if I was confused over the state of our world, that it meant maybe I didn't have enough faith in God. Friends, I want you to know that emotions like anger and frustration, confusion, they do not kick out love. Those emotions do not exclude love. Because when Jesus got angry at injustice, 
it was because of his love for those that were being treated unjustly. When you look at the life and actions of Jesus, his fight for justice, it never stopped, even to his death. When you see that his capacity to care for those that were on the margins, it never ceases. When you look at his desire to lift up the oppressed, it never waned. Last week, I talked about how the Holy Spirit is the gift given to all who believe in Jesus on that Pentecost day years ago. It is the gift of God so that none of us feel orphaned in this world. This gift is the living water that Jesus speaks of. And this is the thing. The reason it never ran out of Jesus and the reason that it will never run out of any of us is because it doesn't dry up. It's always full. The living water of God is always brimming and ready to spill out into the world. The living water of love is not two parts oxygen and sorry, two parts hydrogen and one part oxygen. The living water of Jesus is made up of a substance that cannot be contained. Love, reckless love. A love that says, I'm going to lay down my life for people that are going to turn on me, people that are going to betray me, people that don't even know me yet. The living water of Jesus is made up of a compassion that sees people in need and does not judge them based on where they are from, how much money they have or don't have. And this living water, it does not run out, even after the unrest settles down. It should always be brimming up and spilling out of those who follow Jesus. Spilling out anger sometimes against ruthless murder, absolutely, but without hate or harm, with love and compassion. Spilling out frustration about systemic racism and our seeming lack of ability to do anything about it for hundreds of years. Yes, but without hate or harm, with compassion and love. Friends, we can do this as believers in Christ. And I believe that each of us as followers of Jesus has a responsibility with our current situation that is going on at a time like this. Here again, what Jesus says, come to Jesus and drink from the well. Friends, this means that we must first listen more than talk. This must mean that we also need to consider going to scripture more than the latest news cycle. We need to seek the guidance of the truth of scripture of the written word. And friends, everything that we say or do or post, it should be filtered through the living water of love that is always able to fill us up so much that it cannot help but spill out into the world. May it be so in my life and in yours. Amen.